Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. In this episode, I'm responding to a question on my Facebook page, actually, from a mom whose daughter has taken to hitting and pinching their very docile dog. She's worried that one day the dog's going to get fed up and nip the baby. Before I begin, I want to remind everyone once again that both of my books are available on audio at audible.com and in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and apple.com. That's No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Childcare, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. So this is how Gigi describes her current situation. How do I handle my 16-month-old hitting the dog? We have two, and the one just gets up and walks away when my daughter gets close, but the other one, Pepper, just sits there and accepts the hitting. I never leave my daughter alone with the dog, and Pepper is extremely patient, but I worry she's going to get tired of being smacked and pinched and then nip the baby. I say, gentle hands with Pepper, please don't hit Pepper, and she responds by petting gently and smiling, so she does know how to treat the dog, but the more I say don't, the more she does it. Any advice? I do also move her away from the dog after a few requests to her to play nicely. Okay, well, first and foremost is safety. I was very influenced by my mentor, Magda Gerber. She strongly, strongly believed that safety had to be number one. And that was one of the reasons that she advocated for a safe, enclosed, free play area for children, children under three, especially. There's a lot of positives to that as well as it being safe. Uh, The child doesn't have somebody saying, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that. And so can therefore be free to let go of testing kind of behaviors and get involved deeply in play without interruption. So that's very positive. And then also, of course, for parents, we can leave for a few minutes and go do something else without having to keep one eye on our child and feel insecure that maybe they could be getting into something or doing something, we are able to give our full attention to something else that we want to do for a few minutes. (laughs) Um, And then in turn, when we do have time, we give full attention to our child, but we don't have to do sort of a little of both all the time. So it's more relaxing for us, and we're more likely to be able to give our child that full attention happily when it's not forced on us that we have to be moderating our child's behavior all the time and and, uh, observing and intervening. So now in this case, animals are, of course, very unpredictable. And I strongly believe that the child needs to have a place that's separate from the dog unless we are there fully available. Um, but I think there needs to be a place where the child can spend most of their playtime that the dog cannot enter and vice versa. Um, whether that means keeping dogs outside or, you know, just ideally, I think having the gated off space for the baby is going to serve so many purposes and be so helpful in um, encouraging play and encouraging focus and attention span, uh, creativity, encouraging letting go of the parent and not being constantly trying to get the parents' attention and and test. Now, this is pretty clear what this baby is doing already at 16 months. Children do this even before. They want to explore these situations with their parents. What's going on? What happens if I do this? 
what happens if I do that? So she hits the dog, poor little Pepper. And then her mother, you know, probably has a worried reaction and then tells her gentle hands, please don't hit Pepper. And now this little girl does it again. Okay, what are you actually going to do when I do this? I heard you saying you don't want me to do that. And that makes it more interesting for me to explore now. What do you do beyond that? How do you actually stop me from doing this? This is healthy learning for a toddler. That's not, I'm being an evil person. Uh, This is a bad sign of things to come. No, 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 not at all. It's just saying, I want to learn about my power in the world and my mother and my father and how they react to things and, you know, what, how it goes here. How does life go here? What, what are the rules and how are the rules enforced? And how am I helped when I'm showing that I need a little extra help in following rules? So perceiving this as healthy and positive is going to help us to come into it in an unruffled manner, for lack of another word at the moment. (laughs) So anyway, ideally, we're going to prevent this from happening very often. But then when we are there, or if we, we don't have that ability to have a separate, you know, gated off space, then we have to intervene from a place of Uh, knowing our child, seeing that our child is doing something that has a question attached to it. What's going on now? What do you do now when I do this? And then giving an answer that's not an overreaction or charged up with, why the heck are you doing this? How could you do such a thing? Because again, we see it as healthy. So we can respond in a manner like, "Uh, I see, it looks like you need my help stopping. And then very relaxed, very calm, putting our hand in the way so that this isn't possible. She can't hurt the dog. She can't touch the dog, anything but gently. If she does try to touch the dog gently, then keep your hand nearby so that you're not like jumping in with some um, abrupt, you know, more likely to be stern kind of reaction. Like, don't, what are you doing? Instead, be ready when she's near the dog, whenever she's near the dog, be ready so that she's touching in your hands there. And if you see the touch get a little, you know, she starts to wind up for a little hit or she starts to get a, pull the fur, get a little rough, have your hand there to gently pull her hand slightly away just to keep it gentle. Again, modeling gentleness is so important in these situations. I mean, once in a while, there's going to be an emergency and we're going to have to jump in fiercely and stop something. But ideally, most of the time, we'll be able to model gentleness while we're asking for gentleness. I see you're petting. Oh, that's a little bit too rough. I'm going to stop your hand a little. Oh, I see you want to grab onto that fur. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your hand off of there. And then talking to the dog too, maybe, you know, as if, well, this is what you would do if this was another child or a baby that she was exploring with. You know, you would say, is that okay with you, Pepper? How are you with that? Are you you comfortable? And then you're looking at the dog's expression. You're looking at the body language to see if the dog needs more intervention from you. So this is the way I would intervene with an animal, with another child. Uh, It's really the same thing. Just modeling the gentleness, not making a big deal out of it not being stern or making, you know, expressions of harshness and getting angry at our child. Definitely not. This is totally healthy exploration. So that's really it. And I think that that 
you know, very calm, understated response takes the interest in testing out of this. You know, she may still need to test at this point. Well, does my parent do this late in the afternoon or on Monday mornings or, you know, whatever time when we're stressed out or something? Am I still going to get this answer? And when she does, she'll probably be mostly done with that. But because animals are unpredictable and your daughter needs to be protected from anything dangerous happening, I would still not ever let them alone together. Because no matter how well you think your child understands this, obviously she's shown you that it's not just about understanding it. I mean, this was right on when Gigi said, um, I say gentle hands with pepper, please don't hit pepper. And she responds by petting gently and smiling. She totally knows. She knows what you want, but she doesn't know what's going to happen if she doesn't do what you want. And that's what she's asking. And then Gigi says, but the more I say don't, the more she does it. Yes, because words are not enough with young children. Often they get caught up in wanting to know more. (laughs) What happens when I do this? Um, So it's not that they don't understand. It's not that she needs you to keep repeating the rule to her. No, 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 no. She probably knew before she did it the first time that you didn't want her to. Because children know very early on that they're not supposed to hit anyone or anything. Except maybe a toy. They, they get that sense from us right away. So yeah, I would still say, no, I can't let you. But the way I would do it would be as calmly and gently as possible, unruffled, because I know this is healthy behavior, not something I need to be worried about. Because if I'm worried, I am going to respond in a not helpful way. So protect your dog, protect your child. That's definitely number one. And then teach, teach by modeling gentleness. And that's also modeling empathy because you're understanding your child's stage of life. You're understanding what she's doing. You're not trying to force feed her a lesson. You know, she's got the lesson. She just needs the other lesson. What do my parents do to back up the rules (laughs) to help me follow the rules? So this can be a very positive interaction. One thing that, uh, that I often help parents with, working parents that only have a little bit of time with their children at the end of the day, and of course, they really want it to go nicely. And I, of course, you know, we, when we're away and we just have a little bit of time, we want it to be positive. We don't want to be doing this kind of stuff with the dog and, you know, telling her no and stopping her and, you know, having her have to get dressed in her pajamas when she's screaming and other things that I've covered on this podcast. We want it to go nicely, of course. But what the child is often asking for is this kind of interaction, which I try to help parents because this is what I was finally able to see. And it helped me approach all of limit setting as bonding um, when it was pointed out to me that this is prime time. This is bonding. This is having a great moment together. It's not like, let me get this over with so we can play together. It's like, there's great stuff going on here. If we can approach it in a healthy way, in a helpful way, you know, seeing the goodness in our child and the learner and the explorer in our child. So I hope that helps and uh, hope you'll check out some of my other podcasts. Also my website, JanetLansbury.com and my books in paperback and on Audible. They've been quite popular on Audible. And don't forget, 
We can do this. <laughs>